Working as an insolvency counselor the last few years, I talked to hundreds of people who've had to file for insolvency because they had unmanageable debt. I like that the Bankruptcy and Insolvency Act exists so these people can get a second chance. I filed for insolvency myself in 2009. But at the same time, I started to wish debt wasn't so accessible and that there was some kind of process in place to stop people from ever getting into so much debt they would qualify as insolvent in the first place. Credit cards make up a large proportion of debt loads I've seen. Most people over the age of 18 have used a credit card. Credit cards have only been around for 100 years, but they've become part of our everyday existence. What if credit cards never existed? I thought to myself one day. If they didn't exist, then people would just borrow money some other way, I guess. Credit cards serve a purpose. It's not always obvious what that purpose is, and credit cards are not always used in the way they were intended, but they exist for a reason. Why do we need to borrow anyway? Well, I talked about the reasons someone might get into debt in episode 101. And most of the reasons are based on the way that society is structured. To afford food and lodging and enjoy your life, you need money. To get money, you need a job or wealth passed down from previous generations. To get a job, you need skills. To get skills, you need to go to school. To go to school, you need money. So you need money to get more money. I'm sure we've all heard that line before. If you don't have money, you have to borrow it. So if you don't have a wealthy family or have wealth passed down to you, you have no choice but to go into debt to improve your skills so you can get a better job, so you can create wealth. And hopefully you're able to make enough to pay your debts off and then save enough so that you have something to pass on to your children so they don't have to go through the same process you did. The more I think about it, the more I want my kids to start out on their own without debt. I want them to pay for everything themselves, but starting off in a hole is not a fantastic lesson to learn. It just forces you to make money in ways that you might not want to and keeps you bound by debt. Having debt obligations means that you can't afford to wait for the job you really want. You have to take the job that gives you the paycheck now before the next payment is due. If you don't come from money, and you're able to get a well-paying job without getting into school debt, then you have the opportunity to build wealth without having to spend the time clearing out debt first. But wealth building is still a huge secret that the wealthy don't seem to want anyone else to know about. The wealthy need people to borrow money and pay interest and work low-paying jobs so that they can stay wealthy. Why are some people just making enough to get by, while others are billionaires who have the freedom to live their life however they want and are only limited by imagination. How do we get to the point where many people rely on their next paycheck to cover their expenses? And if that doesn't come, they have no choice but to take out a loan to pay rent. Why would anyone want to create a society where the misfortunes of others serve to fill the coffers of a select few? How did we get here? To try to begin to find the answer to this question, we have to go all the way back to the beginning of human civilization. Welcome to the first episode of the unofficial history of personal finance, where I dig into the origins of all the things we take for granted today. Debt, credit, money, jobs, wealth, power, ownership, assets, privilege, inequality, war, and slavery. Why is it the unofficial history? 
Well, because I don't claim to be a historian or really an academic of any kind, a lot of my unofficial history will be based on things I read or listened to. But there will also be a lot of opinions and theories, and they won't be based on solid research. The point of this series is to spark discussion about how we got here, and then if you want to know more about the real history, you can pick up a real history book, like Death, The First 5,000 Years by David Graeber, or dive into the Great Courses series, which has one of my favorites by Robert Garland, The Other Side of History, Daily Life in the Ancient World, or a book that digs into the origins of ownership, Land by Simon Winchester. If you're listening to this series and you hear something that doesn't sound historically factual, you're probably right. In the first episode, I start at the beginning, around 12,000 years ago, in 10,000 BCE, during something called the Neolithic Revolution. You see, up until 10,000 BCE, humans were hunter-gatherers. Humans have been around for a few million years in some form or another. Our direct ancestors, Homo sapiens, evolved a few hundred thousand years ago. And for all that time, until just 12,000 years ago, humans traveled around never settled in one place, ate what they could find or kill, and lived in groups of no more than a few dozen. Everyone was pretty much equal, sharing with the group what they hunted or gathered. No one went hungry, and generally there was enough room and enough food for everyone. The world is big, so if there was potential conflict, the group would just move somewhere else. Plenty to go around. The risk of getting hurt was not worth staying in that place, since you're going to be moving around anyway. The only conflict was interpersonal conflict similar to today. Someone's jealous and gets angry and fights another. Maybe someone accidentally burns down the temporary shelter or lets the food get stolen and they're punished. Regular early human everyday conflicts. The most important thing from a personal finance point of view to note is this. At this point in time, no one owned anything. When you're a nomad, there's nothing to protect except yourself and your family and no one can argue that you or your family belong to them, and you're always moving around in this big world, so who's gonna get in your face about that? Then 12,000 years ago, in 10,000 BCE, someone gets smart and invents agriculture, which leads inevitably to the nomads settling in one place, if not permanently, for long enough to care if someone takes their stuff. So maybe now there's a little farm with grains that you planted and harvest, and you do that over and over again every season. You can count on having renewable food, and you also figure out ways to store the food for times when it's hard to grow the food, and you have some animals that produce food, and when they can't produce food anymore, they become food, or they have babies, and they produce food and become food. And you build a house beside the farm, something more permanent, something a bit sturdier that took you time and effort to build, and you wouldn't want to have to start all over and build that house again somewhere new. All of these things have value. And they're now the property of the early humans that built and grew the valuable things. If you stay in one place for long enough and build up a lot of nice things, someone's bound to come visit from somewhere else and they're going to see your things, how great they are, and they're going to want those things. Unfortunately, this is just part of human nature. Or maybe they have a different grain or animal from you and they're impressed by your skills at agriculture. And what an amazing crop of that grain and I wish I could grow barley like that, but I'm only good at growing wheat. But you're terrible at growing wheat, so you decide to exchange skills and teach each other and this is the beginning of commerce. Where something of value to one person is exchanged for something valuable from another person. 
and everything is a negotiation based on value. It starts with discovery and experimentation, and eventually certain human beings get better at certain things. This is all very peaceful so far, and that makes sense in a world where there's abundance. Enough for everyone, as long as they contribute. The social agreement has always seemed to be there, that you get to share in the results as long as you contributed something to the process, or have something valuable to contribute in exchange. Labor and knowledge are the main contributions at this time. This is also the beginning of economic inequality and the potential for debt. Early humans now have something to lose and to protect. So why did we settle? Why not just keep hunting and gathering? To be clear, some of us did continue hunting and gathering and some are still doing it today. But obviously those people are not responsible for the personal finances of today, so we're going to focus on the humans that did settle and build farms and domesticate animals. This wasn't a one-day decision to just stop moving. This was a trial and error process over a few thousand years. The primary reason for settling down is that being a nomad is hard. Life in general was hard back then, but having to move all the time and living in structures without doors or protection from giant tigers and woolly mammoths, that's really hard. And speaking of woolly mammoths, who were a big source of food for the nomads, they started to become extinct around this time. A lot of people think that early humans hunted them to extinction, but it turns out that it was climate change that took away the giant furry elephant's source of food that caused them to fade away into oblivion. Ice melted, making the earth wetter, and our furry friends couldn't deal with that. So now with no mammoths, nomad life is even harder. Like how am I going to build a rudimentary house without some mammoth bones? Other stuff started to change at that time too. Enough for someone of authority to say, well, let's at least try this settling down thing that Brunt keeps talking about. I haven't seen a big animal in a while and it's harder and harder to find chestnuts. What if we tried planting our own chestnuts and maybe breed some small animals? Like I said before, not everyone did this, but those that did started on the path towards debt, credit, money, jobs, wealth, power, ownership, assets, privilege, inequality, war, and slavery. The history of personal finance is a story of survival. In the next episode of this series, I'll explore the origins of debt, how debt was created when all other means of survival were exhausted. The Unofficial History of Personal Finance series is presented by the Personal Finance Show podcast and written, hosted, and produced by me, Bo Humphreys. <laughs>